Generation Tech. I'm Todd Brinker. I am joined with by Jack Brinker. As always, we represent two generations. Occasionally, we have a third generation with us, but not today. Today, we're just talking about what's going on in the world of tech. Um, we kind of were doing a little pre-show talk and talking about websites that are struggling. You know, I've noticed a lot of podcasts and websites now, um, in addition to running ads, they're offering like ad-free feeds, a special like hidden feed, if you subscribe. Mm -hmm. um, I think that they're finding that the advertising model is starting to not work anymore. Either there are too many um, podcasts and so the advertisers are not uh, willing to spend the money or they're finding that the ads are just not working for them when they're buying them on podcasts, you know? And, uh, yep. and yep. so they're switching to this subscription model, which, you know, if you annually say, hey, please support us, or like in a podcast, if they briefly at the beginning say, hey, please support us, um, you know, that's one thing. But um, their web pages where every time you go to their site and every single time you go to a different page, something pops up in front of you and won't even allow you to read the page till you you'll click on the close the page button and they move the close the page button around so it's not always in the same spot so you have to look for it and trust me that doesn't make me read your stupid begging for money any more than um, than if you left the, the closed spot in the same spot all it does is it make me want to go find the closed spot and it irritates me you know <laughs> and um, yeah as I was saying before before we launched, it was, for me, I don't have a problem supporting somebody that I use, a website that I use a lot or a podcast that I listen to a lot. Yeah. I, um, I give to Wikipedia regularly because I use Wikipedia all the time, you know. And I don't consider Wikipedia the end-all, beat-all for answers because, you know, I've seen kids come in at lunchtime in high school and sit down and have fun just screwing with the Wikipedia pages and putting wrong stuff up all the time. Uh, but yeah. it's a starting point. If you're researching somebody or something, it's a starting point. And sometimes you just want a cursory little bit of information. You're not doing a deep dive. Um, but often very, you know, I don't know if people are aware of that. You can go to the end of the Wikipedia page, and it lists the resources. So then you can go to the actual, you know, direct resources that were used uh, and cited in the Wikipedia article so that you're not just quoting Wikipedia, but you're quoting the sources that were sources for Wikipedia. Um, yeah. You know. And that's probably more trustworthy than just taking the Wikipedia page at its at its word. Um, but I find it right. actually that the crowdsourced Wikipedia thing to me, I think, is a great. You know, it, it, it's been yeah. a great success. One of the one of the coolest things about the internet is Wikipedia. That that is, it's really a good thing, and and I I do need to donate to them. But the problem I I usually have with things on donations is when I'm in a hurry and doing something. That's not the time to bug me about it. <laughs> yeah. You know? So. Yeah. Timing's uh, everything. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I do appreciate that times... Wikipedia doesn't do it all the time. Like, they pick one week or two Ooh. weeks out of the year, and, and during right. that window, sort of like the old PBS model, right? During that window, they do a, a, a drive to, to, you know, hey, help support us, and then they go away and they shut up, and they just provide you with a great service for the rest of the year. Yep. So, you know, I, I, I've often wondered how Google, with their search, it was a bit their first big engine with, with, for advertising, you know, because they, uh, they, they really have a good search engine, and it's tailored often to what you're really interested in, and uh, that's because they know too much about you. But, yeah. uh, but 
I, I really can't think of anything that they advertised on there that, that I've ever participated in. I, you know, how, how does somebody advertise on Google that, to get business? Yet they seem to be the number one magnet for that mm -hmm. just because a lot of people go to Google. Now, maybe, I, it, maybe it's subliminal. Maybe I soak something up there on the, in the process of using it, although I don't use Google search. That's the problem. I know. I turned it off, and I go to that other search engine. So that's mm -hmm. probably I why. I, most of the time. That's that's what I used to. I, I'm, yeah. I got I got to step back and realize. Nope, I really really wasn't using Google search for very long. A long time ago, I used to do that. Yeah. So, I yeah. Anyway. I use DuckDuckGo. Um, DuckDuckGo does the same thing though. I mean, they 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 don't track you, but they sell yeah. ads. They sell placement in the in the browser, right? So you want you want priority placement on a page for a certain word, you can sponsor a word or, or a phrase, and that will then yeah. be your, your website will be the first one that pops up. So, um, you know, they do, they're, they're not, um, uh, you know, completely benign, but that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. Um, you mm -hmm. know, my, my sense is with Google is that pretty much if you've ever bought anything online, then you've probably, uh, you know, if you've ever seen anything online that you end up buying, you probably did it because of a Google ad because they're 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 so prevalent, um, mm. and and a lot of these you know people think of the uh, of you know Amazon as being independent from Google from Facebook they're not they all interact I mean a lot of the things that the link that you click on in Google takes you to an Amazon page Amazon is the one you know selling and so they all benefit yeah. right they're they're all yep. cross pollinating in, in lots of different ways in cahoots absolutely no when when they're when they're when they're criminal they're in cahoots. Yeah, yeah, they're they're not in cahoots here. They're they're more uh, uh, com complementary business models, is what I would call it. You know, yeah. too big. Like Amazon would probably love to buy out Google, but they're too. You know, Google's too big for Amazon to do that, and vice versa. So it's like yeah. okay, you know, it'd, it'd be nice if we were all in line, but but what's the chance of that? And quite frankly, do they have the 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 drive? You know, like Apple kind of does in certain areas. To say, yeah. well, I will work with you right up until I've created my own version because I want to control my own destiny, right? Um, right. And they probably would do that, but quite frankly, you know, as it's been in the news repeatedly, Google's paying them, you know, what, thirteen billion dollars a year to be the pr the default search engine. Um, yeah. Yeah. Why, yeah. why, you know, I mean, why spend thirteen billion dollars creating your own search engine when somebody else is paying you thirteen billion to use theirs? Right. Right. And it's not like anybody can't go in and change their default. They can. I mean, I, I suspect that, you know, probably 90 percent of the world doesn't change it from Google. Right. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Default's important. Yeah. Yeah. No, you know, no, I mean, no, remember, no. remember back when uh, when um, uh, Microsoft got in trouble with Windows as the, you know, using their own browser as the default browser in Europe made them uh, like when you set up Windows. They, they made uh, Microsoft create a, a window that then asked you, which one do you want to be your default browser? And Apple or, or you know, Microsoft was allowed to put their browser in there, but they had to also put like four other random browsers in there. <laughs> <laughs> and basically anybody yeah. who made a browser could be could could petition to be put on that list so that, you know, and, and, and yeah. course, Microsoft loved that because, you know, Bob's browser was like, great, put in Bob's browser because nobody's going to pick that. They'll pick our browser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I tell you, of all the big companies today, I think Jeff Bezos is the most aggressive and uh, clever CEO out there, bar none. Uh, well, he certainly, uh, when he when he set up his company, made sure that he was able to maintain control of it, even when they went public, so that he could continue yeah. to to invest in growing his market without having to show lots of profit, and that allowed him to become the dominant force in online sales. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yep, yeah. He he did it the smart way, and and he's got a business model that's very sustainable long term. Yeah, and, and 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 it's actually not just one thing anymore. It's, it's he's really expanded the things he's involved with in a big way. Yeah, yeah, uh, he has. I mean, a lot of people don't realize. Uh, I mean, I guess in the tech world they do, but a lot of other you know people on the street don't realize how much of the internet is reliant on uh, Amazon servers, their S two servers in the background. Um, yeah, for, da for data storage are the backbone of the internet these days. Um, yeah, I don't know if it's still the case, but for a long time, Apple actually licensed uh, storage space for iCloud from Amazon. And uh, now I know Apple's built lots of uh, large server uh, sites, and I think they, yeah. They, yeah, the big server farms. And so now they've got that all in house. But for a long time, that was, um, you know, it wasn't you, when you stored something with Apple and Apple iCloud, it wasn't necessarily at an Apple location. It was leased space on servers somewhere else. Right, right. So, anyway, uh, what uh, what's new? Well, why don't we look at some of the stuff that we put up, like uh, app, uh, speaking of Apple, as we often do. Um, they upgraded their entire iWork suite, so they've got a bunch of new features in there. The headline feature, I think, is that their numbers spreadsheet uh, now has pivot tables, which... Uh, is something that they had never had before, and uh, you know, if it's not something you use, I don't think it's a it, it's kind of a don't care. But if it's something that has value to you, then you pretty much were an Excel person, and that's all you were ever going to need. Um, right. And uh, uh, and now they have that feature built into Numbers. I don't think they're going to get like accounting departments to say, oh, good, we can stop using Excel and switch to something else that has you know, a different interface and works differently. Well, the reason the, the, the reason pivot, pivot tables were highlighted is from the get-go, uh, spreadsheet uh, use was largely accountants, and they absolutely would never even think about going somewhere that didn't have uh, comparable or better uh, pivot tables. That is right. the must-have. It's just, it's just the way it was. Yeah, well, when and they came out with pivot tables, I think what people forget is that Excel, even though it's a Microsoft product, was available on the Mac first. Yeah. That yeah. was designed from the ground up as a Window-based application on a Mac. You know, even though probably yep. most people who run Excel today don't run it on a Mac. Um, it's, well, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know if 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 uh, if they provided the uh, pivot tables on the Mac early or not. I, I'm sure it, it must be in them in their version today, uh, but uh, that that was probably to discourage Apple from doing what they're doing. But it, it's quite clear to me uh, when I look at all the list of improvements to Keynote, Numbers, and Page pages that uh, 
there's a number of features in here says to me they're getting serious about business because they use uh, if they're like any other company they they use their own stuff and I bet they found out that that a lot of people in 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 the Apple company were in fact using Microsoft stuff and he and they they wanted them to come and choke on their own stuff right yeah, yeah, that's I mean, probably that's... part of it. I mean, that, that certainly would have been a Steve Jobs way of doing it, right? If he happened to walk through the accounting department and saw Excel on his stuff, you know. Although, quite frankly, I mean, he's also the kind of, you know, he, he's the guy who, you know, swallowed his pride and took a cash infusion from from Microsoft oh, in yeah. order to keep his company going. So he's he's not, you know, he'll do whatever he has to to keep him going, right? So oh, I'm, yeah. look, I'm yeah. looking, speaking of Wikipedia again, on the Wikipedia page for Pivot Table. Pivot table is a generic term, but Microsoft trademarked pivot table as a single word in the United States in 1994. They canceled that uh, that trademark in 2020. So um, I'm guessing ah. probably they probably introduced uh, uh, pivot tables to Excel in in sort of 1994. Um, oh, Lotus Improv. Remember Improv? That was the, yeah. that was where they introduced piv pivot tables first. It wasn't in Excel or in um, uh, in uh, Lotus One Two Three, it was their uh, it was their Lotus Improv app, which was sort of a cross between a spreadsheet and a database. Uh, and then uh, Borland Quattro Pro was a biggie for a while before uh, Excel finally took off and became the dominant one. And it was it was Excel version five in 1994 that brought pivot tables to the market and and uh, and. You know, I, I, I don't have sales numbers, but clearly, um, um, you know, Excel became the dominant spreadsheet over that time period and pretty much have been since then. By the way, you brought up a historic name. I used to be a big Borland fan, and I haven't even thought about them in years, so I'm assuming they went kind of belly up or else they're still there in the background somewhere. I don't know. You, are you aware of what I, I am what looking. I am looking right now. Um, let's see. Borland, founded in 1983. Uh, April 98, they became Enprise Corporation, or they were bought up by Enprise. January 22nd, 2001, Borland Software Corporation. Uh, it was defunct as of April 5th, 2015. It was acquired by... Uh. A company called Microfocus in Austin. Wow, defunct, huh? Yep. They were big at one point. They were. They not only had uh, the Quattro Pro spreadsheet, which was one of the better spreadsheets that was out there and was um, sort of leading the market for a while in terms of features. I don't know if they were ever a sales leader, and that was part of the problem. Is I think they 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 didn't do it, but they had uh, a great. Um, uh, what was it, uh, Turbo Pascal and Turbo C, programming Absolutely. language yeah. and environment. They had uh, the Paradox database um, yep. uh, was was phenomenal, um, sort of the first um, uh, WYSIWYG database. Relational. Yeah, yeah, relational database. But, but the cool thing was is it was sort of what you see is what you get, like web interface that made, you know, made sense. It wasn't a, um, it wasn't a, a text-based database that would seem, you know, Arcane to right. the average schmo, um, uh, and then uh, they uh, uh, put DBase and Interbase behind that. Remember, um, and and then yeah. uh, they ended up. Uh, 
kind of losing that that battle to Microsoft Access in terms of of uh, you know the problem was is that Borland had some really really cool ideas and cool stuff, but it seems like almost every single market that they decided to go into was one that was dominated by Microsoft, and they always lost to Microsoft. Yeah, you know, I mean, well, everything they did, right? Um, yeah, yeah. They, 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 they had really cool ideas, but everything they did, they were in direct competition with Microsoft. And Microsoft not only had the advantage of, of uh, developing software on, to run on their own operating system, um, but they were just a bigger, more um, uh, market-driven company. Right. Yeah, it's, it's tough when a, when a certain when companies get a certain size bigger than you, you don't want to be in competition with them. It's just a losing battle. Because... Mm -hmm. So, anyway, uh, that was interesting. You brought it up because I, I just had forgotten about them. Yeah, Turbo uh, Basic, and and that uh, that 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 was uh, what I used a lot. Yeah, Turbo, Turbo Basic and 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 Turbo Pascal. Pascal. Yeah, they were some yeah. great stuff. But then you know, um, Microsoft basically beat them out with you know their. Uh, uh, Visual Basic and Visual Basic for applications, so it was integrated into all of their apps. Um, yeah. You know, they just, everything that Borland did, Borland might be the first one to do it, uh, but then somehow, um, you know, Microsoft would just do it a little bit better and, and or, or, you know, or do, or, or basically take the same type of features because some of the features were hard to, to legally protect. They would just go duplicate those features and then outsell them or include them with the operating system or, you know, whatever they needed to do to beat down Borland. You know my favorite Borland application of all time, though? It was what? actually back in the DOS days, Borland Sidekick. Sidekick. My goodness, I forgot about that. What did that do? So in the DOS world, you could hit a function key and you would get Sidekick. And up, up would pop a notepad, a file manager, a time planner, a phone book, a calculator, an ASCII table, um, and and a variety of other things. And so it was just all these little like uh, widgets, basically, that you could call up in a single tasking, text-based operating system. Sidekick wow. was awesome. I remember Sidekick, but it's just been so long. Yeah. That's, yeah. I'm just wow. sitting here. I'm looking at their uh, at the Borland website on or the Borland um, page on Wikipedia, and uh, and so there's a section down here where it lists historical products, and so I'm just going down and looking at them. By the way, Turbo Basic is still available as Power Basic on Windows. Really? Yeah. Huh. Well, I don't work on Windows either. Yeah. No. By the. the no interest to me, but uh. by, by the by the way, I will have to tell you that I was uh, sitting around a couple days ago, and uh, a computer, a Windows computer, popped up uh, that, as far as I could tell, included the operating system. I mean, why wouldn't it? And it was something like two hundred and fifty bucks, and I thought, gee, are they that cheap? Yes, they are. You know. And, and and lo and behold, yeah, they, I could have had a thing, and I thought, boy, just for the heck of it, I almost blew two hundred and fifty bucks. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. then I th said, the thing that stopped me is I said, no, that's an endless pit. I do not want to learn all this other stuff and have to worry about the the main thing that 
drove me from Windows was was the almost daily attention to viruses. Yeah. I mean, you you couldn't even turn your computer on without a new virus fix. And so yeah. you every know, time you boot up, you have to wait for a couple minutes while your system uh, downloads the new uh, updates to to deal with potential threats to your operating system. Yeah. In fact, you know, by the time I finally got my Apple computer and I've never bought a virus protection program for it ever since then. And I wondered to myself, why on earth is anybody still using windows? Yeah. It made no sense because I felt windows was the most painful experience I had ever had in software. Yeah. It was a real bad thing. And I don't, I don't know. Is it better? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say. I, I, t my experience has been that um, that Windows, as of like uh, uh, eight and ten, version ten is the current version, and they've announced eleven but hasn't shipped. Is they've done a lot of the same things that my, that that uh, Apple has done in terms of the operating system now being more uh, hardy and and protecting itself, and they're less obtrusive with their system updates, so that you don't. Uh, every time you use it, get a system update that blocks you from using it. I have uh, in my Shack Outback studio here, I have a, uh, a KVM switch, which is a keyboard um, video mouse switch. So I can use my same keyboard, video, and mouse on multiple computers. And mm -hmm. I have two Windows computers, one running Windows uh, 8, one running, running Windows uh, 10. Um, I have three... Uh, Macs, the one I'm using primarily is my main Mac. I've got older Macs that I use as servers. One of them is a file server that's attached to a, uh, a multi-terabyte storage space that I back up to and, mm -hmm. uh, and keep a copy, a local copy of all my photos on. Um, and then I've got a couple uh, Raspberry Pi computers as well. One of those running as a server doing something, by the way, that we haven't ever talked about, but it's actually pretty cool, called Homebridge. And what it does is in my house I have a, um, a uh, ceiling fan in my living room that I've had for years, predates any of this home automation stuff. But I found a company that makes a device, uh, the company's called Bond, that basically mimics the remote for the, uh, for the ceiling fan and light. Right. And ah. so, so I have a software fan and remote, but it doesn't work with HomeKit. Well, HomeBridge ah. basically is an an app that you can run. You can run it on Mac, Windows, or on a, a Raspberry Pi. And I had an old Raspberry Pi 3, 3B that uh, I think I spent $30 on. So I just plug that into one of my ports on my KVM switch. I can hit a button, switch over to it, and it's running Homebridge. And what it does is Homebridge becomes a HomeKit device. So I can select it, and then it has modules you can load in for other apps. And one of the modules that's been written for it is this bond controller so the end result is is now when i go to my home app on any of my devices i see my living room fan and i can turn it on i can turn it off i can turn i can speed up or slow down the fan i can turn on or off the light and i can all do it through my home app so it's all in one place and i use wow. that as an example i also have a set of smart blinds in my dining room i have two bay windows in, um, on my dining room and i've got uh, i bought these blinds that were just regular blinds but I bought a little add-in kit uh, from a company called uh, My Smart Blinds. And what it does is it mounts inside the blinds, and it puts a little motor in there 
and there's a battery and you can either charge up the battery or you can attach it to a little solar panel that I that I bought and I can put in the window so the battery stays charged all the time and it will open mm-hmm. and close the windows whenever you know via software or on a schedule so I have them open in the morning so I get sunlight in in the morning I've got some plants there and then they close mid morning because I don't want all the heat coming in the house and I do that all automatically and those are now through Homebridge also in my home kit and what's nice about that is once it's in home kit then I can use home kit automations I can say you know, when at this time of day, do this, or, uh, you know, if it's this temperature outside, then do this, or if, uh, you know, oh, uh, my watch thinks I'm talking to it. Um, you know, I, you know <laughs> I, can, I can I can use any of the automations that are built into HomeKit on these other devices that weren't initially HomeKit devices because of HomeBridge sitting in between as a service. Now, when you say HomeKit, is that a separate app? HomeKit is the technology that's built into Apple operating systems on all of their devices in order to manage home automation. And it's represented in the on your phone and on your uh, other devices as the Home app, which is the little yellow house-looking thing. And oh, okay. If you, if you have uh, HomeKit devices in your house, then uh, you'll see them listed in the Home app, and you can have them assigned to different rooms. And, and by setting them up with rooms, I can say, you know, turn on the lights in the bedroom or turn off the fan in the den or whatever. And, and it, you know, I say yo yeah. to it. I don't want to say it out loud because I've right. got devices here that will hear me saying shlomo. Right. Um, but when you get your, <laughs> uh, you know, you're, you're getting some um, HomePods, right? And so your HomePods will show up in the Home app. And that's where you'll be able to go in, touch on the Home app, and then uh, go to the, um, the little setup gear it is a little gear icon and you'll be able to you know update them um via uh you know up do software updates for software you can create a stereo pair between two devices so if you've got them in the same room you can set them up as a stereo pair right and left signal things like that and so um uh home home is sort of the place for all home automation and uh, okay i i use that i use that one time I, I have a uh, security system in my home, and I I enabled from my security system software the ability to control a couple light switches, uh-huh. and that's that's all I've done. <laughs> I turn my front and back porch lights on and off automatically at night. They they come come uh-huh. on at sun sunset, go off at 10 p.m. and they come. And they're, ho- they're HomeKit compatible, so you use the Home app instead of the app that, that runs your home automation? That's right. Yeah, the Home automation, I don't know. The Home automation that you're referring to is from my uh, security system, and I, I don't have automation capability in that, okay? It's, it's an app, and I can go manually do it through the app, uh-huh. Okay. But it allows me to it allowed me to identify to my Apple system HomeKit right. names. You know, so that's what I'm so saying. So, so your home your your home security system is HomeKit compatible. So you were able right. to yeah, and that's typically how things work because every every device, whether you buy a smart light bulb or a smart you know switch or a, or a smart fan or whatever, they all have their own software. And usually you have to go into their setup and say, okay, I want to use this with HomeKit. And there's a variety of ways to get it attached to HomeKit, uh, you know, either by putting in a code or, or uh, 
whatever. And uh, yeah. But what I like about the HomeBridge app, the server, is it allows me to put things into my Home app that are not HomeKit compatible. Oh. So it expands yeah. the, the universe of stuff that I can manage that way. By the way, in uh, iOS 15, one of the things they added to the HomeKit or, or Home uh, Automation, yeah, I guess HomeKit, is, um, is previously if you had um, uh, any uh, HomeKit compatible cameras, you could have up to five of them use what was called uh, uh, iCloud Secure Video. And that meant that your video was recorded to iCloud and encrypted. And uh, now if you have the, the largest storage option with iCloud, iCloud Plus or whatever they're calling it now, um, mm -hmm. you, can have, you can have unlimited cameras that way. And so, you know, I've got some 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 uh, security cam cameras around my house. And what's nice is I now see those all in HomeKit. And uh, on, on any of them, if I tap on them, I can scroll back and see anything that happened previously. And you can set it up to trigger their smart cameras. So you can set it up to trigger on people, animals, uh, cars, or packages. So it doesn't just, it's not just like the trees moving that triggers the move, you know, the it to record. It's got to see one of those three things, and it's using AI to determine what's there. And so, like, uh, I get notifications if somebody puts a package by my door. Well, that's something that I just canceled the service because they don't ring. Somebody didn't ring the damn doorbell, and my frozen stuff was l delivered at night, like nine o'clock or ten o'clock when I was in bed, and it became thawed by the time I got up in the morning, and I wasn't expecting it either. Yeah. Not at that time of day. No. So I just the hell with it. I got online and canceled the order from a company. And I'm not, not doing business anymore. Yeah. We were, were we were overwhelmed with the amount of stuff we had from them anyway. It was food, you know, and we just yeah. fall behind because yeah. just two of us eating. But right. anyway, that's that's really annoying, you know, when, when yeah. things like that happen. But so you could put a smart camera out front and have it pointed at your t thing, and it will notify you when there's a package. Or, yeah. when, or when a person comes there, or when an animal comes by, you know? If, you're, if you want to, yeah. uh, you could point one out your back window and put it on animal, and then every time deer come by, it would get notifications, so you can go look and see the deer. But it would, igno mm -hmm. it would ignore people and cars and whatever else, you know? Because I know yeah. occasionally somebody will drive by in a vehicle back there or go walking back there. Of course, usually if they're walking, they're walking their dog, which means it would probably trigger. But, uh, yeah. I, I still have a ring camera somewhere that I never installed when we moved to the new location. And yeah. I didn't I didn't like the fact they charged me $3 a month for storage. Right. Well, that's the nice thing about this Apple Secure Video is, is there's no cost. And, in fact, if you, um, if you sign up for it and say you have X number of, or, like, I think their maximum thing is two terabytes of storage, right? And uh, I've got a family plan. So my family all backs up to the same excuse me, two terabytes of storage, we're using like half of it. Um, yeah. All, all of this video would fill that up right away, except that none of the secure video counts against your total. Oh. So I don't, I don't even know how much space it's taking up. I don't really care because uh, it doesn't count against my total. Huh. Well, how do you get Apple secure video? Um, you turn it on when you attach your camera to the uh, to the home kit. Oh, Apple sells a camera? 
No, you buy an Apple HomeKit compatible camera. There's lots of them out there. I actually oh. have one, two, three different kinds, four different kinds, four different kinds right now in my house. Yeah. Yeah. My only this knock ag against it right now is that um, they do have a pan and scan camera, one that you can turn right and left and look up and down. And mm -hmm. wi within Apple HomeKit, they don't allow you to control the camera. I have to go out to the app that came with the camera manufacturer to point the camera somewhere else. So, but it's not mm. often that I want to move it around. Um, you know, uh, in fact, when I want to move it around most of the time is um, I've got, uh, you know, when we're, go when we're gone somewhere, I sometimes mm -hmm. set up a camera to keep an eye on my dogs. And so then, yeah. you know, they move. And so being able to pan the camera around and look to see where they are is, you know, that's the only time I really use a camera, you know, use the pan and scan. Most of the time the cameras are just pointed wherever they're pointed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, I'm not a big office user anymore, so I, I, I've looked at that. Uh, are scanned the list of things that page the new page 11.2 offers mm -hmm. as well as numbers and so forth and keynotes and i think that's all really great and yeah. uh you know but uh when when you're retired that's not stuff you use the, the things that i use most often is uh pages and that's just because i want to create linked pages you know yeah and I can create and edit links in there real easily, and yeah. so that's that's about the extent of it. And and if I'm going to create any new lists, I go to numbers. But by now, I have all the lists I need. It's just going and I'll go back in and, and use numbers just to update a page uh -huh. that I have uh, of lists of things that needed updating. You know, right? So yeah, for me, and this is just me personally, I don't do that much with with word or 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 excel anymore um, but that's my my historical knowledge of like how to do things and so oh. and so for me it's still easier to go back there and use word and excel than it is to use pages and numbers because there are things that i know how to do in number or in, in excel that i would have to then spend time figuring out how to do in numbers and yeah in excel i can just do it and i use it so seldom I don't want to sit down and have to educate myself when I go to use it. And so it's easier for me to just just absolutely. Do that. Now, that said, yeah. I pay a fee to 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 use number or to use Word and Excel now. Uh, but again, I, it's it's a uh, it's not very much. It's and it's and it's something that is uh, shared with the family. And so, you know, like when my daughters were in school, uh, there were times when uh, well, even for her work, I think I've helped create some some excel spreadsheets you know because sometimes creating the the uh the cell calculation can be pretty complex i've had cell cell yeah. i mean I, well you've done it you know you you, you oh we've yeah talked, we've talked about it before you know there are times when you can create a a um a a cell calculation based on variables that changes based on something in another cell and it can be you know a, a whole little standalone program within itself just in one cell um you know, calculate this depending on that variable over there and this variable over here, and do this if oh, yeah. that variable is higher than this number or lower than that number, and and so there's just lots and lots of complexity that can go into that, and you know, numbers is enough different that it's hard to go and do that. Plus, 
because Excel is so predominant in that in that area if you get stuck you can do a quick search and find answers on how to do most anything you want to with Excel yeah. and if you were doing it in numbers you'd have to go then go translate that lingo into numbers lingo to get it to work and so yeah uh, I just don't well, have a whole lot of use for numbers and I feel the same way about pages it's just enough different than word and I use them so so rarely now that it's not worth me going into um, yeah, well, I decided when I changed to Apple computers in 2008 that I wasn't going to go back and spend any money on Microsoft products. Right. And I knew that I knew that my use of those things were pretty limited anyway, so that the learning curve had to be small and there were right. virtually n nothing for what I just told you about that that took any time at all. Right, you know, and I, I so, have sat down and used them a couple times, but it, it doesn't take much complexity, especially on the spreadsheet side, for me to go, I don't want to use this. Um, I will tell you the one thing that Numbers does that I think is much better than Excel, for me anyway, and that is uh, being a swim coach, Numbers has a better way of handling time calculations. So in Excel, everything is everything that's to do with time, they're assuming a, a – a time, uh, you know, uh, of day and 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 date. All numbers are yeah. a time of day and date. In numbers, I c they actually have the function. I'm trying to remember the right language here, where there is a function of uh, a time interval. Yeah, intervals. And, uh, and intervals are important to me because I'm like adding, you know, this time I want to know tw what what's a a 20% increase in a time interval. If somebody swims a, a certain distance at a certain speed, I want to know what 20% faster is or 20% slower is. I'm dealing with time intervals, not not concrete time and date. And that's yep. much harder to do in Excel than it is in numbers. Numbers handle yep. that far better. Yep. So, so I well, use numbers well, for that. And and then quick, real quickly too, the other app that we didn't talk about, Keynote. Keynote I've used for quite a few years. Moving from PowerPoint to Keynote was easy for me and keynote was superior and i think it still is superior um you know powerpoint was the default because it kind of came along with word and excel but it was never a standout in my mind and keynote is an absolute standout as far yeah. as doing that by the way uh the the one thing that i don't i haven't used in a long time but i and uh, but there was a point where i went back and kind of researched it and that is that I wanted a, uh, something like the program called Outliner that we used to have. Right. It was. You remember that program? I, I do, and I've actually gone and searched for good Outliner applications on the iPad and the uh, and on the Mac, and I've never found any that I liked as much as the Outliner app that we had back in the early days of Windows, uh, or even in DOS. There was a great Outliner app. Right. Um, right. Uh, you know, it's I've, I've just not found one. What I have found is is that almost all of the word processors, including Pages and WordPerfect, or I'm sorry, WordPerfect. Boy, there's a flash from the past. The, uh, Microsoft Word <laughs> um, now include an outliner view, and so you can put it in outliner mode, basically, and that's about as good as you're going to get. Uh, with um, one exception, and that is there's an app called Omni Outliner, uh, made by the Omni Group. And it is phenomenal. Yeah. It's also very expensive, and it's just for me that's a utility app, not something I'm willing to spend a hundred dollars on. Right, right. Yep. You know that's that's something that might just drive me to go buy that two hundred and fifty dollar uh, 
Windows machine. <laughs> yeah, there you put go. P- so you can... put, put PC on it and give me an outliner, and that's it. And maybe yeah. I'll be happy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Omni Outliner is great. It's just it's not, um, you know, it's not a cheap app. It's, yeah, uh, yeah. It's uh, Omni Outliner is $50. They do it by subscription. It's $50 a year or $5 a month. You know, and for me, uh, that's for me, an outliner is maybe a ten to twenty dollar one time purchase type of app. Right. It doesn't have enough utility for me to to pay that kind of money. Now, if that's what it costs for them to actually, you know, be a viable company, more power yeah. to them. Uh, but to me, yep. uh, yeah. Oh, you can tradi- you can buy it. Um, OK, so on the outliner, they have a pro version you can buy outright for Mac for for one hundred dollars. And nineteen dollars, uh, they have essentials. So the basic outlining function is twenty bucks. That's probably that probably makes more sense for me. Um, but let's see, do they have a? Um, let me go back and see if they have a uh, like an iOS version. I thought they did, but I could be wrong because if if all they have is a Mac, that's the other thing for me now. When I buy apps, I want them uh-huh. to not only have a Mac version. I want them to have an iOS version and uh, uh, an iPad version, and I want them to all sync automatically through iCloud. Yeah. You know, and and there are some of these. There's some apps out there that sync, but they sync through, you know, their company's website or cloud or whatever. And it's nope, that does, I don't want that. I don't even want to deal with that. I don't want to pay for that service. I want it to sync through iCloud. That's part of the operating system that works seamlessly. Yep. You know, if they can't do that, I don't want it. Uh, there is an iOS version of Omni Outliner. Huh. Let's see what that costs. I may have it for all I know. I probably downloaded it at one time. I download just about everything. <laughs> Doesn't mean I use it very much. Uh, Omni Out. Omni Outliner, you can get it uh, there on version three. Think right, do on iOS. Let's see, how much does it cost? In-app purchases. Hey, the free trial is free. Um, <laughs> free trial is yeah. free. No okay, kidding. same price. So nineteen ninety nine unlocks the essentials. Forty nine ninety nine unlocks. Pro. So, uh, and then you can also do subscriptions if you wanted to. For for four ninety nine, you can um, have an, uh, a subscription to the Pro, and nine ninety nine a month is a subscription, uh, an annual sub- or a Omni Outliner upgrade from Essentials to Pro is nine ninety nine. Okay, I see. So you can upgrade your subscription. You can get Omni Outliner for the iPad too. Yeah. Yeah, and it's what twenty bucks for essentials and fifty bucks for pro. So, okay, well, there's a reasonably good outliner because I have used it. They, they um, I, I have used it before, and it's nice to be able to to hide levels and rearrange things by just dragging them. And so, um, I've used the Mac version and liked it a lot. Uh, now, my recollection is, and I don't, I don't see it here. Let's see, does it uh, in the current version? Do they automatically sync with each other via? Uh, iCloud because previously I thought um, 
document syncing. Sync your outlines using iCloud Drive. Use third-party services such as Box or host your own client via Git with apps such as Linkopt. If, if you're already syncing using Omnipresence, you can continue to do that as well. Okay, see, they used to. That's the only way you could sync was through their syncing service on their servers, and I did not mm -hmm. like that. Now that they uh, support syncing using iCloud Drive, done. So they're, su they're supporting basically syncing using any kind of service you want, <laughs> basically. You know, theirs, you can use, uh, you know, uh, a GitHub or, or, uh, or Box or, or, you know, Boxy or any of those, uh, maybe even Dropbox, I would bet. They don't say which one because it said third-party services. So, uh, But syncing via iCloud, that's the way I want to do it. I just want everything done there. Use this stuff anyway, the operating system. By God. Here, 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 here's what Macworld says about Omni Outliner for iPad. From, from its emphasis on speedy outline creation to its ability to work deeply within outlines without having to pass it off to the Mac, comma, Omni Outliner is a well-thought-out implementation of how to build and work with outlines, not just hierarchical lists. Yeah. I'm so, not surprised. Uh, Om Omni has been an Apple company from the get-go for years. They don't make Windows stuff. They made uh, uh, products for the Mac prior to OS X even. So they've been around a long mm -hmm. time with the, in the Mac world and the Apple world. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, they make great products. It's just sometimes I felt like they were a little pricey for what you got. And then um, they... Uh, you know, the, like their syncing solution was to create their own syncing solution rather than, you know, use the iCloud. Now, granted, when they launched iCloud initially, it wasn't the greatest solution in the world, even though it was there. So I understand their desire to create their own because that one wasn't good enough. Um, but I'm glad to see yeah. they, they've adopted it now and you can sync through iCloud. Um, yeah. By, by the way, this is a 10 year old review from Macworld. <laughs> <laughs> ten, ten year old. Well, I'll tell you what, the, the, the basic uh, interface probably has not changed that much. You know, they maybe have added features and capabilities, right. but the basic product, you know, I mean, they've been making, they've been making uh, OmniFocus, OmniOutliner, and OmniPlan, which is a plan, uh, uh, you know, a project management type of tool um, yeah. for quite a while. And OmniGraffle is another one that they've been making for years. And OmniGraffle is a... Um, uh, what do you call it, like a, uh, a diagramming tool. So you can yeah. create uh, charts, and it has smart links, so you can reorganize them. You can, um, uh, you know, uh, create different relationships. So it's great for, um, like, if you're designing a database to think through or any kind of process. You want to create a – you're going to do an analysis on a process. This will let you chart through what, what you're doing, and then once you know what you're doing, you can then look at it and – and then start saying, well, where can we streamline? Oh, where, where are we duplicating work and things like that? Yeah. So anyway, I I went on uh, uh, the actual Omni site, and it says buy Omni Outliner Pro for hundred bucks, and right. iOS and Mac for five bucks. Buy now or upgrade. Right. System requirements. Uh, and it, it was either I, Mac OS, iPad, or iPhone. Latest versions. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, see, I liked OmniGraffle too, but there are some uh, lots of um, 
like diagram and prototyping tools out there that don't cost $150 for the basic model and $250 for the pro model. Yeah. Omnigraffle is expensive. You know, their their stuff is really good, but but you're paying, you know, you're paying what you honestly you're paying what you used to pay for software before things like the Mac App Store and the and the um, uh, you know the iOS App Store where suddenly apps were a buck, and right. You know, I I don't know if you've noticed, but it seems to me like that model has been changing. I think a lot of software vendors found out that hey, we can't actually support ourselves selling stuff for a buck. And so, uh, you know, apps are going up in price now, and a lot of them are going to subscription prices, even through the App Store or, you know, whether it be the Mac App Store or the iOS App Store. Have you yeah. noticed that? Which yeah, I, I have. Think, well, I, I think it's fair if it's a useful tool. I mean, I don't have a problem. Like I said, with Wikipedia and with other things, I don't have a problem spending money for something I use. What I don't like is, you know, spending a lot of money for stuff that is garbage and or or – you know, they they, they got to understand their utility versus their 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 cost. You know, what is the real utility of something? You know, right. I well, mean, what's I'm, really I'm I, I'm watching a visual uh, operation of this uh, Omni Outliner, and it's really cool. They can go from their uh, text-based indention version of a hierarchical chart to a graphical chart. Uh, you know, by pushing a button. Yeah. Which is really cool. Yeah. No, they, they are it, it they are well thought out apps that really use the operating system to its whole. They are they are native designed to the operating system. I mean they're just well done apps. You know, and and mm-hmm. you know when I when remember, I mean when we first started talking before we knew the prices, I said, you know, to me an outliner is a is a utility type tool. It's not something I'm willing to spend a hundred dollars on. But maybe ten or twenty. Well, it turns out their basic price is twenty bucks. Yeah, you know, I didn't see that. I didn't see that essentials mentioned on the, on their page uh, for the iPad. It just says includes a free fourteen day trial. Uh-huh. But, uh huh. But well, what, what I did was I went to the. Um, uh, I didn't use the. I didn't have my iPad handy. On my on my uh, phone. I went to the. I looked for the app in the app store. When you scroll down, you can click on, you know, if, if are there oh, charges, yeah. and it sh- and it breaks out what the fees are, and they match the same as they are for the Mac. So, uh, uh-huh. you know, I don't yeah. know how how much of that works, or you know, what it what it is or isn't. But um, yeah, uh, yeah. In fact, I'm looking at it here. I actually own on the Outliner Essentials on my Mac. Oh, you do. Yep. You. Oh, you own it. That's right. You said you paid twenty bucks for that, huh? Yeah. Yeah, and it's the basic. It's 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 not the uh, the. Uh, I I just did a quick look, and it's like, oh yeah, I own that one. Um, so so you know, like I said, ten or twenty bucks was my sweet spot for that for that. I would love to own the uh, OmniGraffle. The the process charting tool but that yeah. was a hundred that with the basic one of those that's 150 bucks see and for me that utility is not a whole lot higher than the outliner and yeah. so i just i'm not going to spend the 150 dollars for that 
Oh, I don't need to see it in graphical form, but I can see applications for that would be really nice. Mm -hmm. But all I care about is the ability to quickly build and indenture things in their hierarchical text form. Oh, right, you know, right. I, no, I, I'm talking about OmniGraffle as opposed to OmniOutline, or this is a separate app. Oh, uh, if oh. You go, go, to their web, go to their website and look at OmniGraffle. To me, that has uh, e similar value and similar interest. But it's but they're they're pricing it at like, you know, ten times higher. Grapple standing for visual presentation, yeah, diagramming and so. Okay. Rapid you know, prototyping design. You know that I gotcha. that type of tool is great for like working through ideas and stuff. I mean, there's a lot of value to a tool like that, um, mm -hmm. and, and I think it's great. But I, I can't justify the cost right you know. yep omni plan and omni focus yeah well they're all related execute plan design and organize yeah well organize is a fundamental thing uh, yeah you, you you can give all the tools you want to an unorganized person it ain't gonna help them <laughs> yeah yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm likely to get that one. Which one? Uh, but for the, the, uh, outliner? the, the outliner for iPad. Right. Yeah, if you get the just the, the outliner essentials, just be careful when you're getting it. I mean, if you want to, you can subscribe to it. But rather than buying the subscription, I think they, they allow you to just buy it outright and be done with it. And that would be my yeah. preference. I think the deal uh, is, is if you subscribe, then you get, you get continuing... Like, with, if you buy it, you get point upgrades, but you don't get, like, next version upgrades. Whereas, if you subscribe, you just continue to get whatever's the current version. Uh, free trial, two-week, and features. Uh, it doesn't mention the price in here. At least I haven't seen it yet. Uh, there was a lot of five stars, a couple, few four stars. There's a Couple, two stars, one star, three stars. So they're all over the map in terms of likability, although there are a lot more five stars. Yeah. Well, uh, anything that's been around for a long, long time is probably going to get, you know, well picked over. Yeah. So, uh, well, anyway, uh, they have, they call it Omni Outliner 3. I guess that's just a version number. Uh-huh. So, in-app purchases. So, this is just the essentials. It's a freebie. Is that what you're saying? No, there's not a I don't. I don't believe there's a freebie. Well, maybe for 14 days it's free. That's what they're saying. Yeah, there's a free trial. So, if you unlock essentials, so I'm looking at it on the iPad. Unlock essentials is $20. Unlock Pro is $50. You can upgrade to Pro for $25. So I guess it's cheaper to buy Essentials and then and then upgrade to Pro. Um, then there's huh. uh, Upgrade from Essentials. No, that's $29. That makes more sense. Oh, I think the Upgrade to Pro V3 is if you have, like, Pro V2. Um, then... Oh, or you could do the subscription. 
you can do an Omni Outliner subscri uh, su subscription uh, monthly or annually. So, but for twenty bucks, yeah. like, you can unlock essentials, and that gives you basically the essentials version of the app. Yeah. Well, I've I've downloaded it thus far, so I'll I'll play with it. Yeah. And uh, oh, I have this cloud outliner that they show us others you may like, uh -huh. and I. I played with it for a while, but I didn't like it. Right. So I think the Omni thing is probably going to work better, even if I have to spend twenty bucks to to keep it. Yeah. Now, now the question is: is if I want it on something else like my computer, then what do I do? But right. I don't think I will. Yeah, but if I, you did, at least you know that they it they support it and they support iCloud syncing, so that it could be. Uh, synced up. Yeah. Yep. So anyway, um, I'm I'm glad we talked about outliners. That's yeah. uh, that's great. Uh, now let's see. I was going to go back to my uh, messages to you and see what else. Have you downloaded pages, numbers, and keynotes yet, or are you going to bother? It automatically updated last night, so I've got it. In fact, uh, before we went on the oh. air, I was looking at numbers, and they have a, uh, a file you can open or a template that you can open that shows the pivot tables and how it works. So I looked at ah. that. Yeah. Um, I haven't opened the others yet. Okay. Uh, th there was this other one about uh, that I thought you'd enjoy. MacBook Air powered by next gen silicon, so they definitely are going to upgrade at that point. So that uh -huh. kind of makes the assumption that uh, maybe the pros will be some version one instead of version two, as some people said. Well, oh, well, that's just what you call it. Who cares what it is? Right. Uh, but uh, the pros are supposed to be announced sometime uh, in October, I think. Huh? Yeah, that we're thinking. We're thinking. Of course, Apple hasn't actually announced anything that. Um that the MacBook Pros will be sometime towards the end of this year. Um, what the, 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 the leak that you're talking about is from uh, uh, Ming-Chi Kuo, and you know he says third quarter of 2022. Well, okay, that's a year away. So, fun. Yeah. Third quarter of 2022, no biggie. That'll be back to school for the MacBook Air, which is perfect time to release a new one. They probably could count yeah. on that happening almost every year right around that time. Um, yeah. And, and that'll have the you know whatever the new... It'll be newer than what we're getting today, right? Um, so the question is, is do the MacBook Pros, the alleged 14 and 16-inch MacBook Pros that are coming in the next month or two, um, are they going to have the M1 chip plus, you know, more support for more ports? I mean, what's going to make them pro? Are they going to go to an M1X or a M2 chip? What is, what is the processor going to be? I would suspect well, at the very least it's going to be, even if the core is the same, they're going to call it something else because they're going to add in support for additional USB uh, connectivity because the, the connectivity on the air is not sufficient for most pros. Yeah. By the way, uh, I sent, this is why I sent you the one on the MacBook Pro display resolutions right. that they've got as a result of the beta. Uh, that is going to be a big selling point, I think. Yeah, the, res I, the resolutions were quite significant. They're back, basically they're saying, uh, at the sum it up, it was twice the Retina uh, resolution, right? Yeah, yeah. They're, what they're doing is they're they're trying to make the the 
laptops sort of match what they what they did with that pro screen on the iPad and on the uh, Mac Pro with the standalone screen that cost six thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah, but I I, I always really lock in onto things like displays because man that makes all the difference in the world to somebody who can't see very well <laughs> yeah. that's important i may go blind upgrading <laughs> pretty soon it's not gonna do me any good but anyway uh i thought that sounded really really nice i'd like to like to see it it's not some i never trust any numbers on displays you got to go to the store and take a look at it yeah and and uh, if, if they really are going to be improved displays, because I, I have been thinking about getting an M1 computer. You know, I don't know that I can justify a, a computer and maybe I'll just buy a, a for sale first M1 that was out with the smallest memory and everything just to, that that'll be, I'll never buy another computer. But really what I wanted was, uh, a 16 inch size computer because I, I want it bigger. <laughs> Get a Mac you know? Mini and then you can put a 30 inch monitor on it. Yeah. Well, I, I'm, I'm still torn. I've got a big screen, you know, about a 30 inch screen sitting in front uh -huh. of me, but its resolution is only 1K, right. you know, in one direction, you know. So it's, it's, well, I'm running off of a Mac Mini, and my Mac Mini is the Intel Mac Mini, the last version. It doesn't have the M1 in it. And I've thought about, you know, I, I kind of would like to have an M1 as well. But I've got it plugged into a, uh, I think it's a 40-inch 4K television set sitting in front of me. So I have a giant screen yeah. that's 4K resolution running off of a Mac Mini. Yeah, and you can get those for a couple hundred dollars, right? Yep, that's exactly maybe not, what maybe. I did. I got it on Maybe sale. I think I, I, I got it on sale during a uh, I don't know was it the holidays or something like that. It was a, uh, a Christmas gift. My family said, "What do you want?" And I said, "This," and so we got it. <laughs> it was uh, I think it was one hundred fifty dollars at Christmas. Yeah. yeah. See, I don't even I don't I don't even have a four K screen anywhere in the house, and I've got four televisions. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, given the size of the screens, I never thought that there was any use for 4k until you get to the really big screens I said, so that's selling you nothing in real improved quality uh, now the only place i can see where that matters is where i'm sitting close to it like i do for a computer okay it's like like you just said you have you have it right in front of you there uh now 4k matters even if it's not not a giant screen but it's big enough what is the size of your screen? Um, I think it's 40 or 42 inch. Yeah. I don't know. That's, that's almost too big in front of you, isn't it? It is almost too big, yeah, because yeah, literally yeah, where I sit, I literally have to turn my head to see one corner to the next instead of just looking because it is. Right. But it you know, gives you a panorama view. But what it allows me to do is I can have multiple windows open that are 4K windows that are bigger than a 16-inch laptop even. You know? Yeah, right. And so, yeah. um, you know, I sent you, I just sent you a picture of it uh, via iMessage of my desk. I basically pushed back a little bit and then used the wide uh, lens on my phone to take a picture. 
of, uh, of sort of my desktop. And yes, it's a mangle of wires and stuff down below, but, um, Oh my God. <laughs> but that's a ginormous screen that I sit in front of. And then off to the left, I've got a TV that is uh, attached to an Apple TV so I can have a television show playing there if I want. That's the bigger, the smaller screen to the left. And that one is not 4k, but it's, it's, you know, you couldn't, I, well, that's, honestly, I can't tell the difference between the two. But that's a very wide screen. I mean, the, the ratio is different. Uh, it's not a standard size. No, it's, it's, you know. It is it is absolutely the same standard. That is not, there's nothing fancy about it. Well, why does it look so much wider than it is? For well, the height? I mean, it, it maybe is just a, a trick of the lens of the camera because I was using a wide angle lens to get the picture. But it's not. Oh. It's, it's just a standard screen. No, but I'm just saying. I'm not. I'm not. I'm ignoring what's on the screen. If I just look at the height of that screen in the back or in the side, it's not as tall as the one in the, that you're that you had the four screens on your 4K. Yeah, the right? the the one that is over on the left hand side, the 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 is is distorted because of the lens that I'm using. It is a both televisions are the same ratio, is what I'm telling you. Let me take another yes. picture of it, looking straight at it, and show you. It's just in order to get that wide angle thing, it distorts. So there's the same. Uh, crap. It's not a 4K screen. Uh, the one on the left is not a 4K screen. The one on the the the, the bigger screen is a 4K screen. Uh, but it is bigger. Yeah, in the middle. The one on the right is larger. Yeah. The one on the left is like 32 inch, and the one on the right is 42 inch. Yeah. Okay. Did you send it? Uh, just sending it now. There. Okay. okay. So now I took a picture of that screen, the smaller screen, looking straight at it. So it's not getting distorted by the lens. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I see it. It still looks like it's a different. Uh, uh, what? What do you? I I forgot. I don't have the terminology to describe what I want. The you're aspect talking, ratio. You're, you're talking about the, the aspect ratio. ratio, and it is not. It is yeah. exactly the same. Really? Huh. Well. Okay. It it does matter that you had a different straight on versus uh, mm -hmm. the other one. So. Yeah, they're both 16 by 9, which is the standard for television sets. Yeah. So, when you when you uh, uh, use this other screen on the, your 4K screen, yeah, you've got a lot of windows that are just floating windows there, but you're using the the whole thing is. So, so that all of your little icons across the bottom there are really tiny, right? They're you got... probably a half inch square. Yeah. It's just it's a long, long way across. Yeah. 
but they are not tiny when it, when you they look tiny when you're looking at a picture of them from four feet away with a wide angle lens. But sitting here, they're right. not tiny. Huh. And and the the screen that says Mac Daily News on it is let me see if I, I grab a ruler here real quick is uh, twelve plus eight so that's twenty inches diagonal. Really? Wow. Yeah. That screen is tw so that screen is twenty inches diagonal. It gives you an idea of the size of the screen in front of me. So for somebody who has difficulty reading stuff, you know, I don't have any difficulty reading stuff. You can see I've got. A bunch of uh, uh, sticky notes there, and then I've got two widgets, one with the time and one with the date and the calendar right above that. Uh, yeah. I have the, uh, the recording software running slightly to the right there. That's the thing with the sliders and the, and the number, the counter right. live now counter. And then you can see the Skype window on the top right, and then down below is our text uh, window, which has the links that we've been talking about. Yeah. So... And then below the screen, I've got a tangle of wires, that, and you can't see it, but there's a, um, a, a power brick plugged into a USB, USB yeah, uh, UPS uh, uninterruptible power supply, UPS um, box behind there that I have both TVs and most of the electronics on this desk plugged into. And then I've got a bigger one that, has, that all my computers are plugged into. And... Yeah. You can see I've got studio monitors on either side of me with the yellow cones. And then I've got yeah. a yellow yellow box with a black cone um, for a um, an Advantone uh, monitor, which is uh, a studio monitor that mimics the sound of, like, a small speaker, like, coming out of your phone or something, but bigger and louder. So that if you're going to master something to make it sound right for small devices, you can use that to listen to. Um, I have a... Uh, Fujitsu Scan Snap Scanner is the black box in front of the keyboard. Mm -hmm. And then over on the far left, you can see the mixer that I'm running through right now. Uh, uh, you know, uh, you just move that, move your keyboard out of the way and shove that in front of you. Huh? What? No, I mixer. I leave it there to the left. Why would I move it? Oh, it looks like it's sideways. No. No. Okay. No. See the sliders at the bottom. Those are so that's the bottom yeah. oh. of the thing. Yeah. Oh. And then it's, okay. And then it's got a bunch of, of uh, EQ knobs up above that, so I can play with my okay. EQ. You know, if I, oh, I see. want to make myself sound more bassy or more mid-tony or more, I don't know. I can play with the quality of my sound by by changing. <laughs> you got that. You got that colorful uh, Logitech keyboard. Um, no, actually, that's an Apple keyboard that I paid uh, a little extra for. It's actually an Apple keyboard, but what it is is it's been uh, the keycaps were replaced with um, custom keycaps for using Logic Pro. Oh. And so, like, you can see the R. I don't know if you can see it there. The, the R is bright red. That's the record mm -hmm. button. So when you're in Logic Pro, you can hit the letter R to start recording. And it's labeled extra, like the, the uh, space bar is, is stop and play, stop, start. Um, mm -hmm. So a lot of the keys have uh, are color-coded and have additional labels on them that are specific to using that particular app. I see. Yeah, and you can just barely see it on the far right bottom corner. You can see the uh, keyboard keys. And there's a iPad laying on the edge of the keyboard there. 
iPad. Oh, that's an iPad? Well, I thought that was, was a trackpad. Uh, that's, that's a trackpad there to the left of the keyboard. But what I'm saying is the bottom right-hand corner of the of this picture is a musical keyboard. You can see the white keys there. Oh, yeah? Oh, I got you. Yeah. Just up you. from the nose. You see the wooden nose? Wooden nose. Oh, I see it. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's to hold my eyeglasses. My daughters gave me that. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, that's cute. Yeah. Next to the little green flashlight there. So. Yeah. So you have a marble top, too, for your desk. Um, what I did was I purchased a uh, countertop at Home Depot. And when I first set up in here, I did not have the desk the um, in the office. And so this was my only desktop. So I actually just installed it. It goes all the way from one wall to the other across one end of the office. And so um, uh, it's not marble. It's, it's actually particle board with like a... Uh, you know, Formica-type top on it. Yeah. But it looks like marble. Well, and I need uh, to get... I need, a, I need a hard surface because I'm using a plastic table and it uh -huh. sags in the middle. Uh -huh. And so the mar and the monitor that sits on the back actually lip tips forward toward me. Yeah. Which I really dis dislike, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, so this, this sags a little bit, but I, I braced it up pretty well. And so it's like a countertop. And you can't see it, but on the left-hand side, underneath where the mixer is, there's a table under there with my printer, and the printer sits over there on the floor. Um, and it's actually on a table; it's up about 12 inches off the floor. And uh, um, but yeah, and then behind me is that uh, is a wooden desk. And I know we're sitting here doing a show talking about a picture. I'll have to put this picture on the um, uh, on the podcast so you can see what we're talking about. <laughs> But the that wooden desk that, that uh, you and I went and got from mine. the yeah. yeah it was yours the one that we got from the the, the dump in at yeah uh, it was the surplus yeah that's where I bought it it was all beat up yeah so oh, we yeah. finished was, the whole thing. multiple layers of paint on it and I remember helping sand I was pretty young at that time I think I was first or second grade so I didn't do much but I helped sand on it and then you refinished it it's a yeah. beautiful looking desk. Um, and we, you know, it's been in the family. This, that desk's probably older than I am because it was probably circa World War II desk originally. Yeah. Um, you know, but, uh, yeah. Um, but anyway, we got it in the shack here and it'll probably never come out of this shack because it was a pain getting in here. Let me tell you. Uh, oh, that's heavy. Yeah. That's, that's not a light, that's hardwood table. Yeah. Yeah. But it fits perfectly. And then I built kind of around it so I would have to like disassemble stuff to get it back out of here now but yeah uh, anyway what time is it going to be oh it's about time that I quit I've got I've got too many things to do Todd oh no we had, didn't even get to uh, um, uh, what was it uh, first impressions from iPhone pros and oh and Amazon Amazon's selling a robot that's right did you, did uh, you? I Hey, did you I, see anything I, or read I, anything about that? Well, I, I looked at the article that you had, which was pretty brief. Yeah. Uh, but uh, anyway, I, I thought to myself, uh, uh, this is uh, more opportunity for people to uh, look into other people's things and do it remotely, you know? 
That's all yeah. you need is a way to move your, your Alexa speaker around so everybody can hear what's going on in the bathroom or wherever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. can you wait? I can't imagine until this, get, this gets hacked, right? And now somebody's yeah. literally driving around your house scoping it out to see what they want to break in and steal, right? Right. They'll drive around and be able to, to, to look at you. And what's creepy, too, is it has a periscope that pops up so it can look on top of tables and stuff. So yeah. can you imagine, right. like, one day you're, like, laying in bed, and this thing drives into the bedroom and raises up the periscope and looks at you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Time to get up, Todd. Oh, oh, oh everybody. There's a lot of young guys you will think, man, this is really cool. I got to have one of those. But they haven't thought about all the uses yeah. that that can be uh, misapplied you know, to. Honestly, it's one of those things where I love the idea, but you've got to really tacitly trust the company who, who, who you're dealing with. And if right. something like this came from apple i would be more likely to trust it than i am from amazon i have no trust that amazon isn't going to um use everything they can see and get a hold of and they're going to go wandering around at night when i'm sleeping to see more about my house so they can then pitch things you know they're going to be like looking right. at your house and going oh he needs some paint uh oh oh you know he needs he and it's a, suddenly i'm going to start getting ads for paint and for cleaning products because oh the house isn't oh. clean enough or oh the you know or or, or as you said they'll say after a few years, oh, you mean we, we forgot to put in the ad that this has IR uh, lighting and uh, it can do things at night and yeah. you don't know what's going on? <laughs> yeah. in, in the fine print of the, you know, when you get it, it's not there. But, oh, yeah, we updated the uh, the user uh, um, agreement with this thing. And so you, you said that we could go wandering around your house and, and find things that you might need from us. So that's what we're going to do is wander around your house and find things that you might uh, – I mean, they literally show yeah. a picture of it, like walking through the house, and on the screen it says it is scanning. Now the idea is, 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 is it scanning as a sentry to make sure that your house is all in good, or like when you're gone, right? Right. Yeah. And and if that were the case, I would say, you know what? It's pretty cool, but it's an introductory price of a thousand dollars, and regular yeah. price of fifteen hundred dollars or fourteen forty nine ninety nine. Um, the idea. <laughs> is really cool but it's also really scary yes it is you know and you notice this thing is less than two foot tall i already have three little wiener dogs i trip over the last thing i need is some little thing rolling around underneath my feet that i'm going to fall over <laughs> well you know they have to, they have to make it like the star wars uh, little guy that ro rolls around and uh you go beep, 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 beep. You yeah, know, they so got, they've uh, got to have some cute <laughs> whistles and beeps and burps that it, that it does, you know. And, and it should have its own, um, you know, when they, when they use their devices and you talk to a, um, a, a Alexa-enabled device, device they, uh, it has, you know, a, you can pick a voice for it. But for this one, they really need to have it. It needs to have its own unique voice that you can't get from all the other, other devices, right? This, devo this device needs to have its uh, own unique voice. Um, yeah, I did notice that one of the things they also announced, although I don't see it in any of these articles, is that they have a um, uh, Disney voices. They've partnered with Disney. So now you can have your Matrexa device, you know, sound like Ariel from one of the Disney movies or sound like, uh, you know, one, yeah. of the one of the princesses. Um, so, you know, I'm not sure wow. what to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it says each Astro will come, they call it Astro, uh, will come 
with six months of complimentary access to Ring Protect Pro. Uh, they bought the Ring security system, right? Right, yeah, they own Ring. Amazon owns Ring now. So, yeah, so this oh. thing will um, uh, basically, if it identifies an intruder, will uh, what that the, the Protect Pro is sort of like a, a, a security service. They'll call your local uh, authorities and, and say, hey, we've detected a uh, break-in or a whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, you know, my feeling is, I, you know, I had quite a few of the Amazon Echo devices, and when they announced that they were going to start sharing your Wi-Fi with neighbors in case their Wi-Fi goes down so that their ring and their um, Echo and things would still continue to work via your Wi-Fi, Yep. A, a, I don't like a, I don't like the idea. B, it's in violation of my agreement with my uh, internet service provider to share my Wi-Fi with other people. I unplugged every Echo in my house and put them in a garbage bag, and I haven't thrown them away. But uh, I'm gonna give them away if somebody wants yeah. them. Then I, if they don't want them, then I'll throw them away. I, I just that to me was a complete abdication of the tacit agreement I had with them. And uh, and so I just said, nope, I'm done with Amazon, as far as their their uh, you know electronic devices go, um, uh, or their Echo devices. So, uh, yeah. but you know, no I, how, how many people out there won't even give it a second thought? Oh, almost everybody. I'm sure nobody who's not in the tech world is even aware that they're doing that. And uh, and if they are, the way they couched it will sound like it's a good thing, right? Oh, if your device goes down, you can just you know share your your you'll you'll just you know use a little bit of your neighbor's neighbor's bandwidth to make sure that your house is still protected. I don't know. Yeah, great. Yeah, that. yeah. You're still getting some benefit out of your neighbor's stuff illegally used. Yeah, yeah. I just went no. Yeah. So I, I pulled it all out. Uh, I currently, all my smart devices are all uh, you know Apple stuff because Apple encrypts point to point and encrypts. Uh, to the cloud with your with your home kit stuff and uh i do have one google smart home speaker in my house and that i i still use that occasionally because it's in it's in a living room and if we're watching television and we want to you know we just go like oh you know uh how far away is you know insert name of country here right because they're talking about some country on television or something Apple, if you ask Siri that, will give you, oh, I found something for you. Check on your phone. And, you know, if I wanted to check on my phone, I would have pulled out my phone and looked it up. I could have done that. It's sitting right here. Mm. No. What I wanted you to do is just tell me it's 12 miles away. Right? Google does that. Google will give you mm -hmm. almost anything you ask them. Uh, they will give you, they will read you the answer or talk to you, tell you the answer. Um as best they can find it. And they're pretty darn good at finding stuff because they've got a good search engine. And a lot of times all they're doing is reading you like the first paragraph from the Wikipedia page. But that's all I want, you know? It's like, yeah. hey, hey, is actor so-and-so related to actor so-and-so? And they'll just read you something. And, and I don't want the answer to be, I've sent you a link on your phone. That is completely useless and it's an unacceptable answer. And that's what I get from Siri too often. Hmm. Yeah. You know, and if you just, you know, if you just have some weird random question and you don't feel like picking up your phone and typing it in, 
and in my case, putting on my glasses so I can see my phone. It's just easy to sometimes ask, you know, Schmoogle. Say, yo, Schmoogle. <laughs> what you need to do is, hey, well, just put it on the screen. You should put it on your TV, Apple TV. So. Yeah, right. and maybe, and, and you know, when I'm sitting there watching television, although I'll tell you, I'm not always watching television through the Apple TV. I do it most of the time, but my wife uh, about two-thirds of the time is watching uh, broadcast television. Yeah. I almost always watch the streaming, even if the broadcast version is available, I almost always watch the streaming version. Because I can stop it and back it up and do whatever I want. Pause it if I need to run to the bathroom. Right. You know. Well, I, I record them on the television uh, machine right. and then bypass commercials because I can't stand sitting through commercials. Right. And you have that same feature available to you uh, through the, the DVR function of almost, every, of almost every cable service and everything these days. But, yeah. um, uh, but you know, then you've got to watch it either after the fact or um, uh, right or you know <clears throat> at least time delayed in some function well the other thing is is I can watch these shows a lot faster because a 30 minute show is about 20 minutes worth of, of a real show, show. right you know? and, and, and Elaine does that too she records a lot of stuff and then she just watches the recording but when she's doing that I'm going well why are you watching the recording here if you went over to the uh, to the Apple TV, you could watch it there too because it's already recorded, and in a lot of cases, it's they've already cut out the the commercials. So, what's, you know, yeah, yep. So, anyway, the world is changing. I uh, one of the thing one of the things that I have uh, started to look at, and that is to go back to over the air broadcasts. Uh, I get there are a lot of them available here, and uh, get something that I can, I, I need uh, electronics so that I can go from the antenna and put this on the cable because I have cables from this room where the antenna is uh, to my other televisions, okay? Yeah. It goes right in the sets. So I would like to do that, uh -huh. uh, but I think I can only broadcast one TV show at a time and the tuner has to be in this device. So basically it's got to be a tuner that does this with right. with outputs with cable uh, or cable there, outputs there's a tuner built into your television set you can usually you just change the input device just like if you're going to switch from from watching your cable device to your apple tv device you can switch to the tuner that's built into the tv uh that tuner doesn't change uh what's coming in the the jack out of the wall uh you see, there's it, it's it's another no. You've it's got another channel. It's a, you, it's a channel. Put, you've got to put the signal on on that cable, but the uh, you know so that it, you can run it into the antenna connection on the back of your television set. Um, but there are uh, I know there's ways to do that because I know that uh, Directv um, you can you can put a uh, uh, an aerial out next to your Directv satellite dish. And run both the aerial signal and the direct TV signal down the same wire, and then use your TV to switch back and forth between which one you want to use. Yeah. Well, anyway, I, I got to figure all this stuff out because uh, I'd like to watch. I can watch local channels right in the room where I am now. Mm -hmm. I got a TV here. Uh, I just go, you know, switch it to TV, which uses that antenna input. But but I want to be able to use it 
in other sets, in other rooms, and I don't know how to do that. You're saying I should look at an output off okay. of this TV. I, I misunderstood what you were talking about. So you do, you don't have your cable running to the TV in that room right now from the uh, from the service. Provider? No, no. I have a, what I have right now is the antenna. It's the only set in the house that has an antenna connector to a little, little antenna that sits up here, you know, in in house antenna. Right. And so it it doesn't have a cable coming to it other than uh, the the um, uh, what? How do I say this? Out of the cable box, right? Uh, which you know, it's just a little tuner here. They they, they provided a, a cable system that I pay for. It comes in and it goes to HDMI into this set. Right. And and that cable box plugs into these cables that go that go to my other two rooms and and to this room as well. Okay. And there's is there, there's so so you've got a little cable box sitting underneath each of your TVs that decodes the signal from the from the cable provider. Right, right, and that's and that's where and that's where I get my connection from the provider. Well, let's see, I'm on AT and T now. I think right provides that signal. Right. So so what is it that you you want to get over the air signal to that television set as opposed to getting it through the cable? Well, I don't want. To, my goal is to not have anything to do with the cable box in the house. I want to use. The, the the cable, just the physical cable that I have uh, connected from this room to both of my my TVs right now. Right. Okay. And and use that cable to to send local TV, you know, over the air stuff. Right. Now I may have to put an amplifier on this thing in order to go to each of these other, you know, to drive it. But probably not if you've got a um, – so what you need to have then is do you have a, a local TV aerial antenna? I, I do, yeah. Okay. I, I have so, that. So all you have to do is attach that antenna to wherever your that those internal wires demark. So somewhere in your house that wire comes in. And wherever that is, you just patch that into the antenna cable instead of AT&T. And now you've got and, – and, and then disconnect the wire from the back of the little AT&T box and plug it into the antenna input of your television set. And now you're done with AT&T. You can shut it off. Or is that not what you wanted? Uh, it's a different kind of connector. I don't, I don't know how to do that. Okay. Well, All right. uh, well, without uh, seeing it, I can't. I can't. Uh, yeah. I can't. Uh, you know, speak to it. So. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, the the fact is is that the quality of the set. There's. I have 4K uh, service over the over the uh, over the air here in throughout Charlotte right now. All right. of the channels are 4K so service. So you've got live 4K, but you're but you're getting 1080p. Of course, it doesn't yeah. matter. You don't yeah. have a 4K television set until you buy your 4K TV set. This is all a moot point. You've got no well, way to view 4K, even if uh, we ran I, the antenna into your television. Well, I can solve that problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I have to get. I have to upgrade. Yeah, but 
what what I was thinking is that uh, the TVs are the are, are not that expensive these days. Their 4Ks are getting to be pretty darn cheap. Yeah, they're almost giving them away, you know. And so I, I was just thinking if, if the day comes where I get real good buy on TVs, I'll do that. But I'd like to have the service of, to, to use it over the air so that I can also get rid of uh, – I could justify the cost of the TVs because I can get rid of AT&T. Yeah. You see? Yep. So uh, now, now the only thing – You still need AT&T. I still need Internet. Internet. And, yeah, and I'll, I, I'll, tell, I'll tell you what, right now, you can research it if you want to, but I promise you, you're going to find out that they will charge you as much for the Internet as they charge you for Internet plus the television. You're not going to save any yeah. money. Yeah, I, I think you're right. They're basically, giving, they're, they're basically giving you television signal for free right now because they're, they're not going to give you a discount when it comes to the Internet because anybody who tries to disconnect and just say, I'm going to stream my, my television – they're, they're like, no, 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 that's where we make our money. So we're just going to change all of our pricing around so that we charge you for Internet connections. Right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Sucks, but that's that's the way it goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, there is there is an extra charge. There's 10 bucks a box for every one of the TVs to uh, decode okay. that signal. But Right. So you could get rid of, what, four boxes or three yeah. boxes. Yeah. So, yeah, there's 30, 40 bucks a month. Yeah. Yeah. And when you look at it, I mean, uh, you know, you could get a TV all the way up to like a 75 inch TV uh, for like $700 when they're on sale. Um, yeah. And and quite honestly, you know, you can spend a lot more money for stuff that that is of dubious value to you. The $700 one is going to give you 4K. It's going to give you HDR capability. The only thing it's not going to necessarily do is it's not going to give you the higher refresh rate on the screen. It's going to be a 60 hertz, but 60 hertz is what the signals are all sent out at. So, so unless you're doing a lot of gaming, there's no point in getting the 120 hertz televisions. Um, right. So, quite honestly, you know, uh, when it goes to goes to buying the TV, you, you know, it's it's dubious what you want to pay for. And if you're going to drive it off of an Apple TV box, then it really doesn't matter what the underlying you know, operating system is for the TV because TCL sells um, TVs that have Roku built into them, and LG has the uh, underlying operating system that was that used to be in the um, the uh, what were those phones we had before we got the um, uh, Apple phone the with the keyboards underneath them, not the Blackberries, but the uh, uh, um, uh, yeah. Uh Palm made them, right? Palm, that's it. Yeah, the WebOS by Palm. LG bought that, so that's their under WebOS is their underlying technology, um, uh, which is great. Uh, but it is what it is. And TCL's made a deal, I think, with Google, so that they're going to use the Google TV built in instead of the uh, Roku, starting this year. Uh, you know, but if you, who cares? You're basically using it as a dumb monitor if you're plugging in your Apple TV. So. I will tell you, I've had experience. I have, I've had the Google TV, the Apple Fire TV, or the Amazon Fire TV, the Apple TV. I've had Roku's from the very beginning, and I have two Roku TVs here in my office. And when I want to watch something streaming, I do it through the Apple TV. 
Uh, my experience has been that the Apple TV gives you a more consistent streaming experience. There's less buffering freezes, um, and the quality of the overall picture and sound comes out of it better. And uh, and so I just you know people go like, why is the Apple TV so expensive when you can buy a Fire TV for thirty five dollars? Well, all I can say is if that works for you, great. But thirty five dollar Fire TV is nowhere on the it's not even on the same plane as far as the experience of using the Apple TV device. Um, yeah. Now, is the Apple TV device worth the 140 bucks they charge for it compared to the 35 or 40 bucks that I can get some of the competition for? No. <laughs> it's not. Well, I can't in a good mind recommend it, but for me it is it is it is distinctly better. Yeah. By the way, I I, I saw an article that basically says uh, uh, Apple is not selling uh, that that TV service is th at the level that they thought they should or would. Yeah, there's some, somebody said that they've got uh, 20, 20 million subscribers. Yeah, you know because they gave like it that. away. They gave it away free when you bought pretty much anything for that first year, but now right. that they're actually charging the five bucks a month. Their subscriber numbers are actually really low. Um, I will tell you, as a subscriber, some of my favorite shows are on Apple TV+. Plus. Apple TV Plus doesn't have a lot of stuff, but they have really, really good stuff, stuff that works for me. I mean, maybe not everybody likes the same thing, but I really like their shows. Um, my biggest annoyance is that they all always drop on Friday. So you get a brand-new show on Friday no matter what you're watching. They can have three or four shows going on right now like they do. Right now, you can, there's three or four different shows that come out with new episodes, and new episodes all come out on Friday, which seems stupid to me. Shouldn't they do, like, one on Monday, one on Tuesday, one on Sunday, one on Friday, one on, so that you're coming back to their service regularly? They yeah. all come out on Friday night. So Friday night, I get five new shows. Hmm. I, don't, I don't understand that. Well, I haven't had to deal with any of that stuff thus far, so I th maybe I don't appreciate it enough. Yeah, but I mean, it doesn't matter what service you're, you know, Netflix or Hulu or whatever. Yeah, there's got to be some point at which this comes out. You know, they they all everybody does that. You know, and Netflix has the habit of saying, you know, we'll just give you the whole season all at once, and you can binge it if you want, or you can watch it over. You can decide. I think that's great. But if you don't want to do that, if you're going to do one a week. When they're, in, when they're in, air quotes, season, then fine, yeah. do one a week. But do, you know, you, you have multiple shows on your network. Why are they all stuck on Friday night? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I, it doesn't seem any reason or rhyme to that other than they just are. You know, the answer is because. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and maybe they think because it's the weekend, people have time to sit and watch. You know what? If your show's good enough, people will watch it on Wednesday night, on Tuesday night. Yeah. And, in fact, people who like their shows have found out that they, they become available at midnight on East Coast Thursday because that's, you know, Friday morning, right, midnight. Right. And so yeah. on the West Coast, you can watch Friday shows on Thursday night, 9 o'clock. <laughs> so if you really like the show, you watch it Thursday night at 9 o'clock. It's not a Friday night show. So – yeah. You know, again, what's the point? Why are why are they all on the same day? You know, come on, hmm. spread out, spread it out, and use the whole calendar, Apple. Uh, uh, in in our family, there's only 
one series of uh, one channel, you know, all the set of channels that we have that's on probably 90% of the time on the t television. And that's because mom watches TV and she likes HGTV. Yeah. And so that's it. It's HGTV time, you know. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, our television, in, in, I, you know, the best TV in the house, and I have to ask permission to use it because my wife sits in there and she uses it all the time. And it's on one of three channels, HGTV or DIY. She bounces back and forth because they're next to each other and they're the same stuff. Um, but if she prefers one show over the other, she'll switch. And the Hallmark Channel. Mm -hmm. She watches the Hallmark Channel. And they are, you know those um, trashy romance novels that people make fun of all the time that women read? Yeah, that's what, the, that, that's what that Hallmark the, does. Hallmark makes movies of those trashy romance novels. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so that's all it is, is, you know, 90-minute to two-hour shows of, you know, boy meets girl, girl meets boy. They start to fall in love. There's a misunderstanding. They hate each other. They fall apart. They're, in, they're both angry and furious, and then they realize there was a misunderstanding. They make up, and it's all good. Movie's over. Next movie. And it's exactly the same <laughs> plot. It's exactly <laughs> the same plot. And it's funny because I'll walk in the room and say, have they, dis have, have they had their misunderstanding yet? And she'll look at me and go, just shut up. Just shut up. <laughs> it's like, have they made up yet? You know, if they've made up, the show's almost over. So, you know, it's like, I know the movie's almost done if they've made up, you know. Um, yeah. yeah, it's, it's, they're, they're, you know. And, and the worst part is, is every once in a while I'll sit down, I'll start watching one of them and I get sucked into the schmaltzy garbage because um, they're, they're just not very good. Um, but they do good. They, they do a lot of Christmas specials. They literally were this year. I just saw an ad get ready for Christmas on Hallmark channel. It starts in October. Oh boy. In mid October, I think the 18th, they will now start premiering brand new Christmas movies. And if that isn't enough every year, they do Christmas in July. So they replay all the Christmas movies that they do. And, and I kid you not, they come out with. 30 or more new Christmas movies every year. They churn these things out. I mean, they crank them out. Yeah. Wow. Now, I saw. I, I read an interview with one of the actors. They said, yeah, we shoot these things in, like, in May, June, July in Canada. Almost all their movies are shot in Canada. They've got a machine up there that just puts these things out and a studio that's set up that just cranks these puppies. And... Um, and, oh, my gosh, you know, I mean, they probably have gone through every trashy novel that's ever been written and remade it, and they do two versions, one that's just the generic remake and one that's the Christmas version, mm. you know. And uh, the actor, the, or the actress, I think, that I remember reading about, she was like, yeah, you know, we're in July dressed in heavy coats and fake snow falling down around us. You know, they have to keep stopping and wiping our foreheads because we're sweating. Uh, and, and don't want that to show up on 4K film, you know, video. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> by, by the way, uh, I just noticed that there's a new feature to the uh, message thing. Uh, those photos you sent me of your of your TV and stuff yeah. in the lab, it's got a little down arrow into a box beside it. And if you touch it, it pops up a box and it says, save photo. It'll yeah. add it to your iPhotos. So it just makes yeah. it real convenient. Yeah, you don't have to tap a box, and you know it's right next to the photo. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. There's a jillion 
little, little features like that that come with these updates. And until you run into one, check it out, you know. Yeah. And they really do make your life a lot easier. That's, those are the kind of things that Apple is super good at, is like yeah. re refining the, 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 the process to get something done. Um, you know, although I will say they've had some misfires, too. There's been some times when, like, the new version of, of an interface comes out and what used to be one-click is now tap to get a menu, scroll through the menu, find the icon, click the icon, and then say yes. You know, and it used to be tap one button. Um, and I don't have an instance of that, you know, that I can point to right in my head, but they've done it both ways. So, so they're not perfect. Yeah. 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 But you appreciate well, those little niceties, don't you? Yeah. As I said, I've got to go. I've got a package. I've got to get up to Kohl's. It goes back to Amazon. And I, tomorrow's the deadline. Speaking of Amazon, got to get that stuff back to me. You know, I have, I have a return too. So, uh, we will, uh, be getting our, our refunds from Amazon here shortly. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for joining uh, us today on Generation Tech. Sorry for the weird outtake on the description of my office space and how I'm set up here. Um, but I will post the picture. So if you're watching this in a podcast app, you should be able to see um, on the screen uh, the image that we're talking about and, uh, and why he thought that the TV was so stretched out long because it's not one of those ultra-wide monitors. It's just a regular TV. And when you see the picture of it, the second picture of it, you can see it looks more more normal. Um, yeah. Anyhow, uh, thanks for joining us. Have a great week, and we'll be back next week, probably back on Monday again, right? Uh, as far as I know, there's nobody unless somebody dies again. I mean, I I've been going to funerals here pretty regularly, and they're usually yeah, on Monday. For that. Sorry for that. So. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things when you get to my age, your friends are. Also about the same age, and actually, the fortunate thing is, is that I've been older than the last two, so there you I'm go. hanging in there. Yeah. <laughs> well, in fact, you know, it was, you mentioned one of them that passed not too long ago. I think it was a week ago. You told me about a friend that had passed. I yeah. Don't know if it was yeah. his funeral, but he was like younger than me. So that's right. Yeah. Yep. So. So. When your time comes, you're gonna go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Young or old, it's you know your time is your time, right? So make the best of the time you got. So. Yep. Well, we just said goodbye. So. We did. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> Have a good one.